Good morning out there in Radio World. Get yourself a big fat bowl and a spoon. Because it's time for another episode of Vegetable Soup. I am your host, Veg. And today, a guest in the uh, in the uh, in the old auditorium here, we have Trevor. Thank you. And uh, we also have Scotty Karate with us here today. Hiya! Good to see you guys. Today is going to be a little bit different. Today we're going to let uh, we're going to let Trevor tell us all he knows about punk music, oh, thrashcore, that's metalcore. That's all I. That's all I had. You, oh. th- you thought I was? I oh, just, the claps. That was I, it. We're done. I just wanted to. I just wanted, just wanted to, to give you the clap, and then I'm out. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, we, I brought, I brought Scotty Karate in because uh, my my knowledge of of punk, thrash, hardcore, uh, metalcore is very, very limited. So he's going to make up the 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 blank spots. I'll pick up the slack for you, yes, Tiger. sir. Thank you, <laughs> thank you again for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so what do you got going on for us, Trav? All right, I want a good education in this. So here, here's here's my education for the uneducated because most people. Like if you hear the words punk rock, like most people go Ramones, Black Flag, uh, and and a few uh, and a few others um, that you can think of. So yeah, death. I, I, <laughs> see, I, see, I, I see the bar. I see the bars. Death. And yeah, so st- a lot of stuff, stuff, stuff like that. But um, it it definitely it has remained an underground seen for the most part and most of the most of the best parts of it have been um left untouched by uh most of mainstream music which is amazing and that's something that's probably a good thing that doesn't and that doesn't (laughs) happen very often and like in my education you will see um bands that have uh that have gotten a little bit more popular some of them for the for good some of them for the worst now I gotta find my fucking playlist. <laughs> I I will I will get I will edit that out. I'm I'm gonna catch myself slipping on this one for sure. Today we're all going to be slipping. This is this is a free for all. Am I gonna have show to pick today? up the slack for the both of you? You 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 can. The guest is running the show. The I roll. No, <laughs> oh, I lost control of it already. We're three seconds in and I'm done. <laughs> okay, I found it. I was like, I lost it for a minute, so we'll go with we'll go with the good old uh, standby. If you don't know this song, then you live, then you straight up live under a rock. Like how how can you not? Undeniable, <laughs> poppy, catchy. Oh, oh. At the, at the oh. time, so punk rock was formed as like a deconstruction of all of all rock music. You heard it with. With Iggy Pop, you heard it with a lot of the predecessors. I mean, you even heard it with um, you 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 heard it with Black Sabbath. Like yeah. the the a lot of like during the late '60s, rock was good was in a somewhat of an upward swing as far as like guitar music is concerned. Okay, every every like things were getting people were getting more proficient with their music. Okay. Because they, they kind of when it when it went from the fifties to the sixties, the uh, the the musical change was the the dynamic change was very abrupt yeah. as far as what people considered music. 
Kind of like, kind of like, I guess it changed from the from the sixties, seventies, seventies, eighties, because every generation has their music that they that they fall back to, and the the change is 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 that like like I would I would probably tell my kid don't listen to that, you know, because because it's, it's not music that you're listening. What are you? It's a bunch of noise. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Yeah, exactly. You know, and just like my my parents were like, you can't listen to Rush Twenty One Twelve. That's a red star. That's that's communism and Satanism in one album. You know. And I, mean, I think also rock rock music had a had a has had the lifestyle of what most like stupid rappers have today. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. of like they they played and made awesome creative songs and then they became. I'm trying not to cuss. Complete <laughs> it's douche. punk. Complete, hey, go ahead. You're you're the one that has to edit this complete stuff. Complete douchebags. Say fuck all you on, want. Later on, <laughs> like making good music and but like just the rock star mentality really kind of like got to them. Um, mumble oh, yeah. rap was what I was trying to think. Yeah, of. Mumble. I would tell my kid, you know, no, mumble rap, no. Here's so, some real rap. All right, son. So uh, so so with that, we got you know we got the. Ramones, Clash, all the people, all the like really still, I would say it's deconstructed, but it's still pretty catchy. There's some melodic riffs, there's some melodic vocals, and then we get into... They have a lot of dynamic changes in punk rock, that's for sure. And then now we have Black Flag. There's like everything about about the punk mentality. Every time a band came out, somebody was like, I want to go, I want to go faster louder i want to i want to go more insane right yeah. that's that was that was the idea no there uh during these early days i feel like there was kind of an anti-establishment but oh, there yeah. was there was more it was more anarchy in my mind like than anti there wasn't the kids who were disaffected saw something that they could latch on that was not like the not from the norm you could pay five to ten bucks to go lose your mind at a show instead of go to you know go to go to a stadium and go to you know a rock concert not that any of those were bad i I, there's some awesome there's some awesome like i think i would call it disenfranchisement more than i would call it anarchy because anarchy is more collaborative collaborative cooperation yeah. Then and uh, without established rule. Yeah. What? Are you trying to tell me that the definition of anarchy is not chaos? <laughs> it is not. No. God, I wasted my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I get the four bar tattoo if that's what it is? I would is? say disenfranchised for sure because, like a lot of these kids, like it still happens in punk. Just people wandering aimlessly, still being still being the type of shithead that they were in the <laughs> yeah. rest of life but like trying to take it to a to another level so you talk about some of these uh older bands you know black flag and and the yeah. romans and stuff is there any are there any modern punk we're gonna bands? get to that we're gonna i'm we're, doing the, am i jumping ahead yes okay we're sorry doing the, sir we're doing the timeline right now now we're now we're at some stuff that you might not be in. No, this is negative approach uh-huh. uh, with their total recall seven inch. This is another take. They heard black flag went faster, louder, just fast burst. 
and this is one of the highly regarded hardcore bands um, looking back for anybody who listens to hardcore today. I've always loved the raw sound of the bass on any punk album I've ever had the pleasure to, oh, yeah. to hear. It's just so in-your-face raw. And we're and the next song is gonna be all, a little bit of a, a left turn, but it's but this is what makes hardcore interesting because hardcore is not defined by just a genre. It is a it is a feeling and a movement. Just a lot of things mind. a lot of things can be hardcore. Here we go from Washington DC, the Bad Brain. Yeah. With sailing on, this is still widely. Re- uh, revered by the hardcore scene, but here, here, here we go. Still some melodic vocals. If you've listened to a lot of Bad Brains discography, there's a lot of reggae influence. Oh yeah, I yeah. love Bad Brains. Like I love the reggae stuff. I love this stuff. Um, like at this time, it showed like, okay, there's all these bands in one room, but they're calling themselves hardcore. What is hardcore really? Okay, it's it is a hard thing to track. I'm gonna I'm gonna show some bands later on that are gonna be like, that doesn't make sense to me. Hardcore reggae. I want that. Right, right. I so like, hard. A lot of a lot of different bands latch on to hardcore because of it is a it's an expression. It's an out. It's an output. It's not just define. It is not just a, the style you play your guitar or the style. Um, you or the style of music that you play. Well, it's like Mr. Karate said, it's a state of mind. It is a state. It is definitely it's not a trend. It's a lifestyle, man. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot of ways to approach this lifestyle. The next one we're going to get is another Washington, D.C. band that a lot of people still know. and Because tra- most of the bands that I played, most people will, punk fans will uh, track with. So does the East Coast put out the better punk or the West Coast? I would say 100% in the 80s, it was the East Coast. Yeah? East Coast was was doing the most. That was where everything was coming from. Ameri- like, as far as, like, America output for hardcore, it was America. I don't like to be, like, the Mr. Murica, yeah. but it was, it was 100%. Murica. 100%. So, so now we got another band from Washington, D.C., Minor threat, <laughs> and this is where hardcore takes a turn into something a little bit different. So we have Ian Mackay, vocalist of this band. He saw that a lot of punk is just chaotic. There's not, not a lot of straight. There's not a lot of like meaning, and a lot of party culture from you know regular rock. Pop music has filtered into the punk scene at this point. Okay. By the early to mid '80s. Okay. So, he 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 makes a song called Straight Edge. So and, he was he was seeing that there was a lot of influence coming from outside of punk and alcohol and, and tried to bring it back. Yes, in into one, a straight in, punk. In telling people it, it, this is a crazy idea. It is okay, and it also can be anti-establishment to not drink and be a drunk asshole yeah so because that's what was happening a lot of just venues were shutting down left and right because like people were catching on to this punk rock thing this hardcore thing and they were just latching on and it was just a ball of chaos kind of like footballers in the uk and like 
boy. Oh. And if it didn't get, and if if somebody didn't, you know, say something, it was going to go out of control real mm-hmm. fast. Right. Broken bottle fights in the parking lot. So, and you know, you know, that's a great for a snapshot in time, but not for a longevity for a music scene. Right, right. So with Minor Threat, he's he. They made the song Straight Edge, which is basically three X's of just. You know, keeping yourself responsible when it comes to alcohol. People who are straight edge abstain from alcohol. Some some of them um, abstain from uh, you know other hard drugs. Yeah. Um, the no X's, heroin, no opium. Yeah, X's became different things over time, but the main thing was like no drugs, no alcohol, and so, living a, living in a clear state, living in a clear state of mind. That song was never meant to do me anything more than a song, and later on it became a movement. Almost an anthem, huh? Yeah. Oh boy. So who who put out more punk music, the uh, Europe or the U.S.? If we're talking about oi mu- oi punk, yeah, Europe. Okay. Um, if we're and, talking and about if we're talking about um, fast American hardcore, America. Okay. America. And, and in your opinion, who's who's oi punk is better? Um, U.S. or U.K.? I think if Coxbar is from, from <laughs> Europe, then, then I would say Europe. Okay. I think, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm, not, I'm not the most OI proficient, okay. but, I, but I, do, I do enjoy OI. And a lot, of, a lot of hardcore is influenced by OI as well. Okay. Well, what, what, what category would you put a band like Scatterbrain in? Um, I, would, I would say... I actually have never listened to Scatterbrain. Because my, my familiar, familiarity with uh, music outside of rock would be like S.O.D., M.O.D., Scatterbrain, uh, The Accused. Uh, that's all That's all thrash influence and metal right. influence. Oh, oh, okay. Rock. Okay. So it's it, it would be um, in it's that is called crossover. Okay. Okay. And I'd almost consider Scatterbrain a commercial version. Yeah, because that I mean, once once I listened to SOD, I was just like, well, I got to hear all the things I can that are like this. Oh, yeah. And Scatterbrain came up, and a SOD. bunch of other things. So this is the first West Coast band that we're playing in a lot of band, and this is like this is like basically at a time where it right before everything takes takes kind of a turn. Hardcore takes a takes a turn at this point. Okay. This is Poison Idea. They're they are from Portland, Oregon. Indeed. The they're the one they're the one band outlier from from the West Coast. I like that. I like that Scotty knows every band you've talked about so and, far. Oh, and he, if man. this was TV, you'd see him. He's just like raising his arms, just like so yeah. This is that band where this is where so hardcore to like kind of took a turn from like straight edge. So the punk kids went in to the Poison Idea route. The like spiky jackets, spiky yep. hair. Oh and, yeah, and the hardcore kids went the minor threat route, shaved their heads, kind of wore Letterman jackets that had like straight edge on the back, kind of had X's. Yep, the X they, on the they hand. looked they looked a lot. It, it was this is where it really became distinguishable between a hardcore and a hardcore kid and a punk, and that became a a battle throughout. Oh yeah. from then through till till about the mid to late nineties. Really. I did. I did Liberty Spikes one time. It was great. <laughs> Two feet tall, just uh, couldn't nice. walk through doors. All right, so we'll move. We'll move straight forward to the mid mid ninety. I mean, not mid nineties, mid eighties. Okay. We got. We get to some. 
metal influence, and this is all coming from New York. Um, we got the Cro-Mags with the yeah. Age of Quarrel record. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that he's tracking. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I brought him because because I'd just be sitting here just going, uh, like that's most good. metal people uh, would listen to good. this and be like, this isn't metal, this is hardcore, but. Like, Bro, in order to hear half of this stuff, I gotta go home and listen to it by myself because I'm the only one that has it. <laughs> I love you guys, dude. I, I and I, I love this. I love this band. This is the only hardcore band I think currently that has like a a brand dispute. Like so, the two. <laughs> so so they have so they do. Um, they have Chromat. There's Chromags and Chromags JM. So the. So the vocalist and the guitarist decided to split ways, and but they still have the same band. So oh. actually, Black Flag has done the same thing too. I was over getting the years. ready to send you to Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche did it. <laughs> so they're currently right. doing that right now. So like the regular Chromax has Harley Flanagan, and the heart and Chromax JM is uh, is uh, John Joseph. Okay. The the guitarist of the band. And so, so they currently perform both bands. Yes. Chromags. Yeah. Yes. But the regular Chromags, that's not, he's the one that usually gets the bigger bills. Harley Flanagan's Chromags. Um, currently, it currently was the one that was on the, uh, the big Misfits tour. Okay. Um, this and, past and year. Isn't that another one that did a weird split? Yeah. The Misfits? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, hey. Yeah. And, and then Black Flag, getting back to them, I believe there was like a three- or four-way split because at one point in time, you could either watch a Black Flag show, a Flag, or a Flag 3 show. Really? I know, man. <laughs> it's like, we it's we like, need it's to like, keep that name because it's, it's how we attract a crowd. Right. <laughs> yeah, everything in from that point was like the output from from the 80s was was like undeniable. Like a hundred, like a hundred percent, um, like I, so it was new, it was New York and DC that was doing, that was doing the most, uh, at this point. And, uh, I, I think I can understand that there's a lot of rage in those two areas. Oh yeah. Right. For, for <laughs> real. So, and that this goes to, this is the band that really like did it for me. We got Gorilla Biscuits was my very first intro into hardcore. Um, nice. When I first when I first heard this song with this trumpet intro, it it had me it had me sold. <laughs> and this came out the year I was born, 1989. He's the, a pup, yes, he's a pup. But at least <laughs> he's got good taste in music, right? He's got great taste in music. I, I, I yeah, I'm so old. <laughs> I'm so old. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I still haven't seen this band and like, where are my teeth? <laughs> they they're playing California right here, and I might I might have to tell my I might have to tell my girlfriend like, hey, I'm, I gotta go somewhere real quick, and I might and that real quick might be me grabbing a quick plane to go down to to go down to San Fran, or actually I could just drive to San Fran and for the weekend and go see Girl Biscuits catch a good show, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah, that's why you told her, don't spend that money on me. I'm spending my money on me. That's 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 exactly how I feel. I'm like, I'm I'm doing. I got a I got a raise in promotion. I was like, don't you spend your money on you? 
This is why I don't do birthdays, because I will take care of myself. Yep. Trust me. Did you say you got a raisin promotion? Raisin. I wish I got paid in raisins. That's raisin. not cool at all. <laughs> if they're chocolate covered. Oh. They used to be just plain. Right. And before that, they were grapes, and I had to make my own. So, yeah, we'll, the, uh, raisins are just grape. We'll jerky. fast forward and to where hardcore starts actually getting hard. Like that metal influence really starts to show in the early '90s, like where it's like where meatheads really start coming in. <laughs> Mo- it gets real moshy. Ape drapes. Yeah, and it's yeah. it comes with with do like real gorilla looking people start showing up in hardcore nice. at this point. Yeah, like the guitarist from Biohazard. Oh yeah, I, that's that's I was about to I was actually about to get to that point. Oh, I'm 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 I gotta get some Biohazard up in here. So this he is just reminded him set it off ten points. Set it off by Madball from their uh, self titled. With this is this is like though so this uh Freddie Madball was like so New York hardcore was like a huge family at the time. Okay. So like Freddie was literally like a a toddler growing up watching all these New York people like Agnostic Front and Chrome Max. <sighs> like he was like he's like this kid in the crowd and like they would let um Fr- Freddie just go and like get the mic at like ten years old and like start just like doing doing his thing yeah so he he was like one of the first kids to really grow like in that scene grow with up it in hardcore and nice. so by this point he's like out of high school a, gr- a grown-ass man and and then this is yeah this point like people start throwing or start throwing bows throwing fists during this music. Oh yeah. Real hard, real mosh pits. And hardcore <laughs> starts starts getting a starts getting a a real like uh reputation for being very like pretty Brutal. way more violent. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, back when mosh pits were like fight club. Not like they are now where people just circle <laughs> around. Oh, don't touch me. Do not talk about mosh pits. Right. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, First rule of mosh pit is if you aren't bleeding, it's not a real mosh I'm gonna pit. start hopping around now because I'm starting to get. Well, hang on a second. So, so you say all these bands were were basically a, a big conglomerate in New York and D.C. Now, were they were they working together or did they do things like uh, did they have false rivalries just to get more uh, attendance? Or were they, they? It was just a family, and they At they worked point, together was, always. I don't. I don't think it's like the rap game, bro. I think. I think the rivalry was a real rap deal. game. You think real you think deal? Axl Rose and what's his nuts was a real. You no, know, now you're talking California hair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, yeah. that's that's probably made for the media. But right, it's like Biohazard and Chromags and some of them. They, they. I'm not saying those two in particular, but they uh-huh. lived in the same neighborhoods, played in the same venues traded band members i think that's where the rivalry got started was oh our guitarist is in your band now so we're gonna show up to your show and we're gonna bottle fight you in the parking lot well yeah. So, yeah see so that's what i mean <laughs> it, was, was it a real thing or was it a manufactured thing oh, no. to, to create no, awareness it was, and it attendance was, it was very a real, real thing. because anything that <laughs> i see real. from those hair bands as you call them that's that's like the m&m thing with the with <laughs> just the recent dude that he was 
having a beef. Oh, oh, you know that is for albums. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to drop an album fluffy. and it's got an Eminem diss in it. Oh, that now is... I have to buy it because I want to hear how you dissed Eminem. And I'll have to buy Eminem's new diss track to hear how he re- responded. Yeah, get that. All right. Crap and out then of once here. they got our money, they're eating steak and lobster yeah, and toasting they're, each other. Yeah, they're, they're you, know? you know, they're talking to each other on the phone. Hey, let's do this right. and do that because no, people are it, stupid. It definitely gets real because, like, oh, like yeah. early hip hop, which they were like, Punk rock, uh, like hardcore and hip hop, were like at the same level at the time. Okay. Because where once the show was over, they all these people were back in the streets. Yeah. So like he says, bottle fights right now after the show. It would this maybe was, even during. Yeah, this was a hundred percent hardcore, and New York was a street style music, a hundred percent. Okay. Where other rock was rock. not. Okay. So, so it was definitely if there was a rivalry, it was a rivalry. It oh, wasn't yeah. manufactured. Like, okay. Like Reeling the it back. Of ancient times with sword and steel. Oh, roots I miss of those days. roots of hardcore. So, does anybody know who this is? Does anybody? Can anybody recognize the voice? Because, sir, I am stumped. No, sir. Because later on, so fast, fast forward, he is currently fronting a band that is selling $300 tickets at the Tacoma Dome. Oh, this is yeah. Zach, This is Zach Delaroca's first band, band attempt with Inside Out. Okay. His wow. first band... So and so now it's Rage Against the Machine. Yes, his so this and my my way to Rage Against the Machine is to not buy their three hundred dollar tickets <laughs> ever, ever. Oh. So I love this band. So if I would go see this band, yeah, a hundred percent, not for three hundred, maybe for three hundred dollars, just because it'd be a one time thing, right? But yeah, that's another thing. If I hadn't seen Rage Against the Machine six to seven times, working the show two or right. three times, then I might go, but. But you see how quickly he started caving over here. He's like, I would never. Well, you know, maybe in the right circumstances. Yeah, yeah. But I would never pay three. Well, well you know, no, he said he maybe said, if it was only one. Time. He said that band, not Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, he said that for, band. Well, for, yeah, I, for I, I Inside Out, hundred percent. Because just like I, it also showed because obviously everybody knows in the nineties, like there was a there was a huge like alternative rock and so, grunge so boom. Speaking of expensive tickets, Courtney, are Kirk. you aware of the? Uh, the uh, I I want to call it a conspiracy where people wait until those tickets go on sale, they buy them and then they resell them for marked up prices. Yeah, and that's why the tickets are three hundred dollars instead of forty. You know, I heard that's called scalping. Uh, yeah, but they're <laughs> that's you know, not new. They're, they're they're so they're so uh, into the to the high techness that they're doing it on the internet now instead of standing out front of the venue. Uh huh. Well, okay. And I heard that the reason why the rage tickets are so expensive was because they were going to thwart scalpers. No, you're going to force scalpers to buy less tickets and charge more for them. Right. That's not helping Here's, things. But that didn't A-hole. come out until after the tickets were, were up I- at three hundred. Because a friend of mine was online first and said that the CT guy were forty bucks. Right. Where everyone else is like, what? Well, Mind the seats next to you for three hundred? Uh huh. So. Here's what I gotta say about about the the Rage Against the Machine thing. I believe Zach Delaroca thinks that it's going to a ch- a charity or, <laughs> the, or, or the money. I believe that he he f- believes that, but I also believe that he doesn't know how a computer works. 
I also believe that Tom Morello is the one that's taking all the money. And I believe 100% Zach wants it to go to a good place, but I don't think Tom does. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you might have hit the nail right on the head. Because <laughs> that dude has been so out of it. I don't know that Zach even realizes he's supposed to be making money off this band. He probably <laughs> hasn't. And what? Uh, We're not doing charity work for deaf kids? Are you kidding me? And, ta- and Tom has been like, like literally cashing his check. <laughs> Music for, the for la- deaf kids. Hey, he's <laughs> cashing my checks, playing my guitar, disregard the communist hat. I'm on your side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're so we'll go back to this a little bit. So another thing in the '90s, making music for deaf kids. So we're going to that a little bit to New York, quick with the band Quicksand. Um, they so at this point, punk kids were starting to learn how to actually play their play their guitars and starting learning how to sing in tune. So they so some band some people like this is members of Gorilla Biscuits. Um, learning, started, to, learning to play and learning to sing. That's kind of like Dylan goes electric. Yeah, they started. <laughs> so, so they started forming more tactical or alt rock bands like this. Um, so we played Youth of Today a little bit earlier. They they formed a band called Shelter, um, which is more on the alternative rock pop punk side. So there's a lot of bands that started like really exploring because the '90s. For all genres, people were exploring yeah. different, a lot of different avenues. I remember when I was in a band in the '90s, we were we were influenced a little bit by punk. Where if the song didn't have 15 changes in it, it wasn't done. Right. It has, we we we've played that piece. Now we need to play this different piece. Now we need to attach two more pieces. Now we need. Another three pieces, but what about the first piece? No, we're not playing that until the outro. <laughs> and we got to make it sound different than we did. The yeah, first we got to play it backwards. <laughs> oh my god! So it's bands like you that gave way to this whole. Let's have eighteen buildups with no payoff. Exactly. And call it a song. Exactly. Welcome to dubstep. And and we didn't play leads ever. No leads. <laughs> <laughs> so we're slowly trailing along to the nineties. Like I said, heavier, uh, everything's harder. So we got, we got, and new metal is starting to kind of seep in a little bit. So the we got here, punishment by Biohazard. We talk about it. (laughs) We talk about it. We get it. Yeah. Thank you. Like in the '80s, thrash and hardcore bands were literally just ripping off each other and influencing each other. They're all on the same level. This that's the same with like new metal and hardcore. It's it, even though it gets it as the end of the '90s, it starts to get a pushback. Yeah. As like the Slipknot bands and the Trip Pants and that that stuff, they they try to push that at a hardcore. I liked Slipknot's first album. No, it's good, but I'm just saying the culture of the the kind of the late '90s or 2000s Ozfest culture starts to seep into hardcore. But we'll get to that. It's like comparing Kool-Aid to Crystal Light. But <laughs> but yeah, hardcore definitely, <laughs> you can hear, like, it, New York hardcore has a very rhythmic, like, art, like kind of, like, hip-hop influence. Okay. You can hear a lot of it in the vocals, because a lot of the, like, punk bands would be like, I'm going to say everything really, 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 really fast, or da-da, da-da, da-da. 
instead of instead of doing it like in a, a melody. Of, yeah. yeah. So. And a lot of that New York scene, their songs are anthemic. They got choruses that you have to sing along because you can hear there's like eight people singing it on the song. So. Okay. So. And and uh, they're they're. They're simplistic enough that you can, you know, you know it. But oh, the next oh, the time it comes around, always the same thing. Fight the man, hate your folks, throw rocks at cops, and okay. start a band. Okay. <laughs> and the next time it comes around, you already know it, so you're like, right. yes. All right. Just be angry at something and point your finger. <laughs> Basically. Now we got, we get to the punk to the Easily later defined. to mid '90s with. The vegan straight edge movement. Vegan straight edge. So XVX, out of this band is out of Syracuse, New New York. Birth crisis. Don't kill cows. So this is when people start getting, like, where Ian Ian McKay isn't even from Meyer Threat isn't really even like he's made a song. He's not some dude that that got a. That goes, you know, out on the quarter and tells people they have to be straight edge or have to, you know, he was he was vegetarian too, but he was never preachy. At this point, so he didn't soapbox it. This is where it gets to that point because you hear these these chunky guitar riffs. People, this is people really start moshing, and people in the Midwest are starting to catch on to straight edge and mosh music and this stuff and. Um, you can you can actually uh, look there. There's like a talk show where a, a fight breaks out between these. Um, I think it was Denver, Colorado. These straight edge kids were like they got them on a talk show to talk about their problems, and they end <laughs> up fighting on on stage on live TV. Oh, yeah. nice! Um, Did someone because, hit Geraldo Rivera with a chair? <laughs> uh, we can only hope because. because there's a thing called Courage Crew, which was a, a straight-edge gang where they literally found people that were drinking and would, they would beat the crap out of them. Wow. Oh, boy. That, so that, kind of the opposite of the Guardian Angels, huh? So, yeah, they would <laughs> they would beat, the, the, and, it, and it became, like, just blind rage. Lots of fights were happening at this point, at this point and, like, um... A lot of my guests who were around the who were in bands around this time to said this was probably like yeah there's a like veganism's pretty popular right now and pretty mainstream but it wasn't it was way more annoying back then because because <laughs> they would beat you up because yeah <laughs> ask me sometime about uh, the just... white zombie f- 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 filter show i was at uh, <laughs> back in 92 where anti-skinhead skinheads kicked my eyeball out of my head man i know right me too what Anti-skin a weird world we live in skinheads. yeah they uh, sharps skinheads against sharps. racial prejudice <laughs> And I remember they're, those. They're, they're not sharp. I'm telling you that. They're, man. they're not nice either. Nobody's nice. Yeah. This guy the other day is like, man, people people are basically nice. I'm just like, you've never been on Facebook or driven a car, have you? <laughs> what world did you yeah, that, live in? You, you're an alien. <laughs> Dissect him now. So at this point, <laughs> we we're getting to the end of the end of the. Uh, the 90s and thank god people people are people are getting <laughs> some of the og hardcore people are kind of getting fed up with the mosh music they get uh-huh. 
They're they're not they're tired they're tired of it. So hated it. So yeah. So <laughs> basically that's what's hap that's what's happened because like there is so much metal and that's basically that Earth Crisis is one of the bands that birthed metalcore. Okay. And and metalcore is it's a weird it's turned into a, it turned into a very weird thing and I'll did it. Yeah. Are we listening to it now? No, this isn't metal. Okay. <laughs> this is this is Floor Punch. This is so there's bands in the late nineties like Floor Punch and Ten Yard Fight in my eyes. Those bands decided like, all right, let's put punk back in hardcore again. Okay. So please but they, and thank you. But it was still in a more like minor threat, youth of today style, of uh, shaved heads, X's. So they were kind of bringing back like a decade old thing that kinda has been, was like dead and buried for Quite some time. They unearthed it. Nice. Okay. They un they they unearthed it, um, but at the same time, it was it was the birth of of sad music emo. Uh. Uh, we get so we get to a band. We get to a couple interesting bands. Are you saying there's sad emo punk music? Um, we have a band that that kind of uh, popularized it a little bit. Um, this is still. So they decided to go with the emo lyrics, but have a punk. Uh, they disguised it, so they were sad. They, so this is where like sad kids with swoopy hair decided to play. So start started coming in, started to infiltrate hardcore by playing. You're hardcore saying these music. shoegazers are, yeah. are infiltrating <laughs> us? That's kind of what happened. And this and this is the birth of. Um, Band starting to play a style that I like to call melodic hardcore. Melodic hardcore. So there was there was um, a little bit. And what what makes it melodic hardcore? Just but, because they have rhythms that you can understand. And, yeah, kind of, kind of that. There's there's like the lyrics aren't uh, machine gunned out. They're more. Yeah, I'll show them a little bit more melodic hardcore band in a, in a second. Okay. But yeah, it's a, but it, it's definitely like you yeah you can understand. It's not super. It's not super fast. It's it's like stuff that you could you could definitely like riffs that you could see in a general rock song. Okay. okay. Put put to put to that and the rise of something I hate I hated but <laughs> is was called fashion core. Fashion core. That is the real. <laughs> sounds sounds like karate's over there dying. It's literally it was the birth. <laughs> Of, it was the first. It was the first little. It was it birthed in the hardcore scene right before it became a commercial hot topic um, thing. So we're we're going to a band called Eighteen Visions. Kind of like after uh, Kurt Cobain ate that shotgun shell, they started selling uh, flannels at, at Nordstrom. <laughs> like so, we we're getting. This is like, so that it got, it got super death metal influenced, and, and from here they kept on moving on and on to like, like this band like started doing whiny vocals for choruses, and they started showing up with like multicolored hair, studded belts, and that's where that's where a lot of like hot topic bands really got the cues to do this but they started but luckily for them they started doing it outside of 
hardcore where hardcore kids didn't have to deal with it but <laughs> this birthed within these rooms i see and this was where like right before the mid 2000s when there was a popular burst of i mean this of, this riff almost sounds like something slayer would do or voivod or yeah no this is a lot of people a lot of people would would do this um another band that i that i would note that i love that's death metal influenced is a band um also from new york which is something i i like a lot more uh band called all out war which is like literally just straight up like death metal influenced and thrash yeah i love this i love this band but this was this band definitely existed it really depends on on sometimes the existence. All at War was a a band of hardcore kids playing death metal, and so that's why a lot of people love. Okay, and it seems it. like it seems like the majority of the stuff that you are playing for us that you say you like and is good and people need to hear is coming from the East Coast, man. Yeah, I'll play one. One of my favorite bands is actually from Seattle, though. Um, we got. Trial from Seattle, Washington. This is my one of my favorite records. It has it's it's very it's literally it came out in 1999, and I I absolutely I absolutely love this. And uh, the singer from this band has been a ho- has been on my show many nice. times, and uh, like this was a big metal metal influenced band. You can hear the anthrax in it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's a big... uh, Greg Bennick is a big hair metal fan, and he always likes to talk about hair metal when he's on the show. Um, And that's... Because he likes to talk about a time that when he had hair. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have hair. Because he he started balding. He he started balding early, so he just cut it all off. (laughs) But... uh, the band, the band, like this is where I literally like very like political, but not too political. Just yeah. talking about just like st- just the stupid things that are happening in this world. Why are we? Why are we? Why are we doing it? The title of this, the title of this record is called "Are These Our Lives?" Okay. And are these our lives by trial from yeah, Seattle? From Seattle, Washington. Um, yeah, I've just. Um, they have a full like crazy like um, instrumental part that's like they get a full on orchestra to do their intro. Nice. And I've heard them they did it one time fully live at a show. It had an orchestra on stage. Nice. It was insane because it started off with that song and then and then first strum everybody of guitar strum everybody just lost their mind nice <laughs> and this is where northwest hardcore really got a mainstay with bands like this and unbroken i'm uh, not unbroken i'm yes. uh, not unbroken undertow undertow um yeah undertow that's that has uh john pettibone who's also part of uh el corazon he was in still is in himsa um uh, so yeah so good stuff so going into I'll just do one. I'll just do one band from from now, and I think that's that's good enough for the hardcore timeline. Okay. Mid, so mid two thousands are pretty, or were pretty, like straightforward. There's a lot of there's a lot of like melodic hardcore. The most popular band 
was a band called Have Heart, which was um, basically called um, it's emotional emotional hardcore. A lot of people say emo hardcore. What? Yeah, it wasn't. That it, makes no sense to me, bro. The it's it was like I said, it's emo lyrics disguised in a hardcore like sensibility. Damn, it's like gazers. getting beat up by a guy in a dress. Because right? a lot of people liked the music, but they wanted but they wanted to sound they wanted to sound like. Like a sad boy on the internet. <laughs> Why would anybody want to sound like a sad boy? But, <laughs> like, I was pretty impressed. This band did a reunion and had, like, uh, 10,000 they, they, 10, people in a random parking lot for a pop-up show for their la- for their for a reunion. Nice. And I was like, for hardcore and for, for that type of organization, that's a lot of people. That is. Uh, so I saw it was like it was amazing. So right I I'm I'm cool I'm cool with uh, with Have Heart. So the most popular band right now for for hardcore that like transcends pretty much all the genre lines for for younger kids is a band called Turnstile. They're currently on um, Roadrunner Records. Um, they were they were they were on their own self released label called. Uh, uh, what is it? It was Popwig. Okay. Um, members of and they're, the, they're another local band. Nope. This no. band. This band. New York. Let me guess. Not New, <laughs> not New York, actually. Jersey. East. Definitely. Where is Turnstile? Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland. So I guess we'll start with another. With I guess we'll start with one more last band, one of the most popular band called Trapped Under Ice. It's uh-huh. a. They took. They obviously they took a. They took a, a took song the name from the lyrics from yep Metallica, from Metallica yeah. and they they did they back when Metallica was cool. I mean they still brought back good, a, but they were cool back then. <laughs> they had hair into the 2010s. <laughs> you know, uh, it seems like those bands really lost a lot of oomph when they cut their hair. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a direct result of getting married. I call it the Yoko effect. Well, I've always said that kids and, and marriage kills bands. Yokos. So, <laughs> Trapped Under Ice brought back a lot of moshcore coming in to, and wanted to bring back some kind of East Coast New York vibes. And the emo kids started moshing again. And this is, this is a, a current... Current band. Um, yeah, this is... And there's... Yeah, so right now, um, I, in the twenty in the twenty twenties, bands literally take cues from every facet of hardcore. It yeah. is it's oh, yeah. so now it's like literally everything. So there's not one style anymore, and there's not the trends are are harder to track down. Everybody just sounds like the bands that they grew up listening to. So they just wanna they wanna they. So they'll just there's so many influences now. So they'll yeah. so they'll do something like this or do something like uh, Turnstile, which is like literally straight up everything from the '90s. Straight up, it can't like uh, I don't know it. I don't it it, it it's everything that's like. Br- like I guess bright and vibrant about the '90s. Okay. I I don't I don't know how to how to how to say how to say this band 
correctly, but I'll let you listen to it a little bit. Um, let's. Where are we? I cannot say the name of this band without slurring it. So, we'll get. What's your guess at the name? I can't think. I can't think of what you're saying. <laughs> What's the name of the band? What? What is the name of the band? I what? don't. This band's called Turnstile. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So this band is probably the most popular band in hardcore right now. Super groovy, has like a Rage Against the Machine style vocals, and some some of the mosh people don't like it, but like it's super. It's just a super fun live, jumpy stage divey, good time. Man, sounds good. I could see my neck getting sore at this show. Kind of reminds me of what uh, the Guano Apes would have been if they'd have been angrier. Hmm. It has a little bit of like surfy vocals in the background. I I could see I could see this being like a decent sized band in the '90s too. Yeah. But now you're brought up to speed on what on what uh, hardcore kids listen to from all right from the early '80s to uh, to now. To now, man, Trevor, that was that was an amazing. Education in punk, thrash, hardcore, and that was a very mod crash, battle. That was a crash course. Um, listen to Dead Air Hardcore Radio if you wanna. Oh yeah. If you wanna hear more, I will. I I mostly do new music like every week. It's sometimes sometimes they'll get old. I have I've had the I've have singers from some of the bands that we just played on the show. That's and awesome. So talking about that stuff. Um, got. 10 minutes. Um, Let me grab three seconds here in the middle and say, man, where the hell are the swinos at? I miss the swinos. You guys have no idea who I'm talking about. I'm deer in the headlights, bro. That breaks my heart. I'm sorry, bro. More people need to know who the swinos are. They had a great song called Effing Around. Yeah. Oh, man. I love those guys. Just saying. If you don't know who they are, look them up. I'm sure they're on Wikipedia or Google somewhere. Probably. And, uh, and YouTube, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. if we start a petition, we can get them back because <laughs> we need them in the scene. So what uh, do you think about uh, I Defy? Are they Would you you like them? You categorize who? them? I Defy? Don't know who that is. Son of a, I have a commemorative I Defy band, shot glasses from one of their last shows that yeah? they did a reunion. I believe that was a New Year's Eve party. My girlfriend... Uh, made their made their banner nice yeah nice <laughs> so so you're saying you don't know a local thrash metal punk band yeah nice go to your room <laughs> go to your- think about <laughs> what you just said <laughs> my bad no that's cool <laughs> um i was just thinking about about like hashtag bands that would get me canceled thinking of bands because <laughs> uh, i was listening to it i was listening to them because um my friend who runs who runs a another punk uh, podcast? Opened a group where we just literally just talk shit on on everything. Yeah, and like, nice. And we've been talking about bands that are that are somewhat like uh, controversial, but like sound really freaking good. Um, controversial? How? How would they be that? I think I, I think your ears, are, the um, ears will perk up when I, I I started revisiting a band called Screwdriver. the early (laughs) oh lord have mercy okay here pre pre pre-nazi stuff pretty good (laughs) 
<laughs> Pretty sure those sharps that kicked the crap out of me and knocked my eye out of my head at the White Zombies show listened to Screwdriver on a regular basis. And I mean the full on, we hate everybody that ain't the color of an uncooked turkey. <laughs> okay, so at that point, so so the more neon Neanderthal they got, honestly, the music started to deteriorate, deteriorate as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, but like the first incarnation before it really got to that point, pretty good. Not the, bad. I'll like give you that. I'll the, give you that. The Oi influence is pretty catchy, like Oi influenced punk rock. There is a point in time where I was in a band and we were having a discussion about look. We're never going to make it big playing our music. Nobody likes us. Nobody even knows who we are. And my guitarist goes, you know, I wonder how hard it would be to get a contract with Resistance Records. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Check it out. Check it out. We had the perfect plan. We were like, okay, we want to work a deal with you. We don't want cash money because then there's names on paper and, you know, there's like, you know, evidence. Right. But if you buy us a property and help us guard it, We'll write you all the racist music you want. <laughs> and it's going to sound great because we're educated. We know how to read big words from books. We know how to we know how to thinly veil that crap so it sounds innocuous. Uh-huh. And and you know, but then I, I went a completely different direction. I was like, you know, I'll bet I could write children's music and make some money. And that's something I'm still trying to get into. I bet you could. And I'll tell you why is because I don't think my mom and dad would disown me if I got signed to a children's music label as much as, you know, Resistance Disney. Records. <laughs> Sesame Street Records. I come, I come home. I come home with a Swazi on my chest and my head shaved looking like Edward Norton in that... Uh, yeah, Mein Kampf movie. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking of it because most bands, even even if they don't advocate, from they they have some controversial controversial views. Oh yeah, but that well, doesn't mean like that's that's what punk rock is all about is hating something and expressing it in a way that's kind of vulgar and in your face. You know, and, uh, like so I totally and, and get catchy. It. Like Morris, Morrissey. Fun to dance to. I hate Morrissey. Oh. I hate Morrissey as a person. Morrissey hates himself as a person. That but means that you're on his side. I, lo- <laughs> I like. I like early Morrissey and Smith's music. I wish he'd get some counseling. Just like the guy in Disturbed. Yeah. Nothing, nothing against him, but he's kind of angry for nothing. Oh, no, and you know the one that really gets me is Sully from Godsmack? Yeah. Oh, it's like man. every song is get away, keep away, don't oh. come near me. Like, you want me to buy your music, but you don't want me around. What uh. kind of a friendship is that? That's 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 a, that's the same oh. friendship that oh, God to be wants fair, with you. With, uh, <laughs> right. Give me your money, but stay over there. Exactly. And help. With disturbed, I believe with the uh, there's there's a reason why he's actually just. I believe it had to do something with watching one of his family members get murdered. He's on the, yes, he's and on the being spectrum. abused by him and huffing glue during the process, which I believe is what uh, the song uh, "Stupefy" is so, about. So I completely, well, you know, and he's put into a positive like experience and by by doing by doing music and making a career out of it so you know what more power to him just promise you'll never touch another everly brothers song please oh yeah he did the (laughs) (laughs) no because now we got that 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 chubby evanescence chick amy lee thinks that she's stevie nicks oh my god i'm not saying i'm not saying she's not hot and she doesn't have a great voice she is not stevie nicks she should never ever what song did she do i heard the chain Oh, my girlfriend told me that told me so, that sh- the other day that she heard that. I was like, oh, no. What happened to that band with the stripper fronter? Uh, Hailstorm. 
Oh, I thought you were talking about the plasmatics. No, no, <laughs> hailstorm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. One, I, I one feel, and done, huh? I God, feel, I wish I was a one-hit wonder. I, I feel weird even thinking about hailstorm because I'm pretty sure looking at a woman like that would make me have to register and let you know that I'm in your neighborhood. <laughs> no, uh, she's old enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I, I still feel weird. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> one and done. I, I, I want to be a one-hit wonder. Because yeah. then just, I would just get strong into marketing. <laughs> I had this great song. You should put it on your commercial. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Also, sidetrack. Uh, another there. Here's oh. another. Here's another. Here's another sect of music that was happening that was not as viewed during the '80s and '90s called power violence. A f- yeah. fast, fast burst. Power violence. Yes, pa- fast. It was around the same time. Kind of grindcore was its was its uh, ugly cousin. Okay, grindcore. They could those those tracks could be you know roughly two to three minutes. Power violence was had a punk sensibility. You couldn't have a song that's over a minute fifteen. Nice. So all songs. Uh, there's a band from Tacoma called Sidetracked that has songs that are no more than nine seconds long. Right, right. <laughs> Their whole discography is probably like they've been doing stuff. For 15 years, their discography is probably still less than an hour. Man. Yeah, you could listen to every and song they, put, they wrote. <laughs> they put they literally put out a, he puts out a release every year too. Nine nice. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta talk fast. So yeah, this this scene is <laughs> Fight the man! Been ah, happening since, the since you know <laughs> when punk when hardcore started getting hard and punk started to 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 fade out of it, these kids were like, fuck that, we're just going to play really, really fast. And they've been just doing the same thing for the last 20 years. Yeah. Nice. So, that's the end. That's all I gotta say. We got like all two right. and a half minutes. Well, just, let's, let's just sign it off then. Is that, is that, that was a fantastic education, Trevor. Thank you, thank you very, very Listen much. Listen to Dead Air Hardcore Radio. Go to deadairhardcoreradio.com to see where we play in our podcast and whatever. If you like it. I don't yep, know. Check out Scotty Karate on YouTube. Keep thrashing, folks. Thanks, thanks, guys, for being guests. It was fantastic Thank to you, have sir. you guys here. Thank you. I'm, none, of you. none of you mother truckers let me talk. And <laughs> you're the first one that has. Hey, man. Let me talk about stuff I want. Usually it's just like uh, hosts being like roasting me. Like, <laughs> like for. For the last few years here, it's just the host just be like, if, if, if you're going to be uncle. my engineer and you're going to be good at it, I think the people should know who the man is behind the buttons and what he likes to do in his free time. Yeah. So, again, Trevor, uh, thank you very, very much. Scotty. Hey, uh, a fun fact for you, my single uh, video on my YouTube channel, Scotty Karate, the song Mad Bad, there is a speed thrash version if you want to check it out. Sweet. Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> for NWCZ Radio, I am Sleazy Vegetable Joe, and this has been Vegetable Soup. I hope you really enjoyed this episode because I know I did. Everyone have a great day. Stay soupy.